What's up? It's Ryan Shepard, and you're listening to episode eight, day nine of this social experiment, social activity, I guess what you want to call it, of what is now known as the Dear Charlie podcast. Yesterday, I didn't upload an episode. I did record an episode, but I didn't get around to uploading it, so I'll do that tonight. And I guess I'll upload this episode as well, right after as well, so... Didn't mean to be redundant, but I just want to kind of give you an update as to what's going on, what I'm doing, and why things kind of got delayed. So, as for today's episode, today's episode was supposed to be a look into something of more news relevance or historic role relevance. Relevance, words are hard, but I didn't get around to it. I wanted to do an episode about the relationship between Jackie Robinson and Malcolm X and the different angles and how that relates to black masculinity, black manhood, just a lot of different things and questions. There are a lot of things that I can pull from in that. And I think it's a part of history that a lot of people don't know about. And I guess a feud isn't the right way to describe it. They just didn't see eye to eye and eye to eye on a lot of things. So with that being said, I guess I'll get to what I came here to talk about today, which is health. And it's a topic that comes up a lot because of everything that's going on in the world with the COVID-19 pandemic, better known as the coronavirus, and just all of us being more wary of germs, not catching those virus, being more diligent, probably being the way that we should have been before. Maybe not to this extent, we shouldn't have to stand six feet away from each other, but just being more diligent in the way that we take care of our communal spaces, the way we I know, well, I take care of my hygiene, and I'm guessing most people do take care of their hygiene, or at least I would hope. But I think this has put heightened awareness around hygiene. And while I would say, like, if you weren't washing your hands before, what were you doing? I guess if this is the way we had to get there to get everybody washing their hands, then this is what we had to do. Not necessarily that I wish a pandemic, but... I'm glad that everybody's washing their hands or everybody, more people are washing their hands now than there were before. So as it relates to me and my relationship with my father, my father passed away, I said earlier when I was a child and prior to his death, he had like a lot of black men and just older black people, not even actually older black people, just black people in general. We are higher, we have more likely to be disposed to high cholesterol, high blood pressure and things of that nature. Now, some of that has to do with the cuisine that is attributed to a lot of, I guess, black cultures in America, whether it be Caribbean culture or just black American culture with soul food. We tend to eat a lot of things that increase our likelihood for um, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, but also that a lot of that comes from the fact that a lot of people grow up in, black people unfortunately grow up in lower income environments, Therefore, they don't have access to cleaner foods and, I guess, better foods. And also, a lot of it's historical. A lot of the soul food that we eat is derived from when we would, we, as I say, pejorative Black or just Black community, um, would get, I guess, the scraps of whatever slave owners or just white people in general, the white community in general, would give to black people in the early, I guess, 19th century, early 20th century, before 
things started to improve, but not as much as I guess the news or people would like to say that we've improved. We've improved in certain areas, but we still have a really long way to go. So I just say all of that to say that those, I guess those scraps are those less desirable parts of a chicken or a pig or whatever, what have you, we're not as healthy as certain, not to say that there are healthy parts of a pig, but, um, but we just got on a lot of less healthy options to eat. So a lot of it's historical, some of it's by choice, some of it's by tradition, some of it's just by social circumstance that has been imposed upon black communities. So with all of those things coming together, they lead to, I guess, higher disposition, higher, and also things like stress that just come along with being a black person in America contribute to some of the health issues that a lot of black people, and in this case specifically as for this conversation, black men have. So I've always been cognizant of that, knowing that my father struggled um, later in his life with his health and knowing that's something that's not necessarily just tied to him, but other um, older black men in my family, whether it be high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and not just in my family, but also, as I said before, in larger black community as it pertains to black men. So it's something that I've always been cognizant of, um, even from a young age. I would say I first started being cognizant of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, although I've never it's never gotten to the point where it's been really, really bad for me. I can say that, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And part of that is by the grace of God, and a lot of it's also just by being cognizant of what I'm putting in my body. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the greatest eater in the world. I had a burger for lunch, and I'm, probably sh- I'm pretty sure that that wasn't the healthiest thing that I could have eaten. But it is what it is for the time being. So like as a young person, you can, you know, in a lot of ways, you can get away with certain things for the time being. And I put the emphasis on the time being. I mean, it may not show up um, and affect your health right here, right now as a 24 year old, but it, it, it will eventually have long-term effects, not necessarily as long-term down the road as you're thinking, like these can have effects on your health four or five years from now. So it's something that I'm cognizant of. I try to eat healthier. I try to be better. And throughout college, as a tribute to my father who passed away on Super Bowl Sunday when I was a kid, I'll never forget like that that it happening. Um, like it happening, me finding out right after because we didn't. Me and my brother and I didn't know until a little bit later on. So, I would say. Like, I've just always kind of, that month of February, when the Super Bowl would take place, I always kind of, when I was in college, I would take on an initiative of what unhealthy thing can I cut out my of my diet this month. It was sort of like a second version of Lent, in a way, or first, because it would come before, but whatever, whatever you want to break it down. I remember one year I cut out soda entirely. Um, and for a lot of people, they'll say like, "Ew, soda." I I love the taste of soda, and that's part of the reason why I've had to consciously cut it out of my diet. Like, I do not drink soda nearly as much as I did when I was in college, or even when I was in high school. Like, I would go. I remember, like in high school, like I loved mixing different like drinks together. Like, um, so I was not necessarily drinking a lot of healthy things, or 
one thing that was popular when I was in college on campus on the meal plan was this thing called Elevation Burger, um, which I learned was a chain. I didn't know it was a chain before. I thought it was just something that exists on Americans campus or just college campuses in general, but didn't exist outside of them. But I learned that it does exist outside of them. So if you live in a place where an Elevation Burger is, I don't really have to explain this to you, but for those of you who have never lived near an Elevation Burger or been to an Elevation Burger, it's like a diet version of Five Guys. It doesn't give you as much food, but they give you a lot of fries and it's burgers and stuff of that nature, milkshakes, other things like that. So I tried to cut that out one year from one of my years in college for a month and just trying to do that as a tribute to my father. But now I'm taking it into more... I guess more, more into focus as I get older because I'm trying to exercise. It's not like easier to exercise. Like in college, I would, you could wake up one day and just find people to play pickup basketball with. Like, oh, you want to go play pickup basketball after class? Like, it's a little bit harder to do that now as an adult to find times to get to exercise. So, like, for me, prior to all of this COVID 19, crisis, I set out a goal to run a certain number of miles. And I think by the end of March, I ran 300 miles. I think it was. I'm forgetting the number because it's now it's, it's been a while since I've been able to go out and like I can still run, but I don't enjoy running on concrete as much anymore. And part of that has to do with the fact that I ran track in high school. And as I've gotten older, that started to have effects on like my my desire to run on concrete and hard surfaces because that takes a wear and tear on your knees and it's it's hard after a while so i'll run on the treadmill and then also run on grass which it's not something you can do like i could get away with that a little bit when i was like i like i can still run on like a park grass but you don't want to run in a circle over and over and over again so i would like cut through people's lawns which people didn't really care about Prior to this crisis, now people, like, if you get anywhere near their house, they're freaking out. So I, I try to not even try it. I try to not even go there. Like, don't even go there. So it's cutting to my running. I'm still running as much as I can, but it's still it's a little bit more difficult. But also just taking care of my eating because it has an effect on I break out a lot if I don't eat certain things. So it's trying to be better, drink more water. I'm sitting here with a gallon water jug that I have. It's like a water bottle, but it's a gallon-sized water bottle. Um, and it's really cool. You should get them. It's from Hydro Meat, this website that I got them from. But just taking more, I say all this to say that I'm taking more of, of, of a control on my health. And I would hope that my father would be proud of that. But I would also ask him, like, what? he could have done differently, what he thought he could have done differently. Because I think that's that's one of the always lingering questions I've always wanted to ask my dad because I was too young to really know what was going on. But wanting to ask him, like, why didn't, if he didn't, maybe he did take steps to improve his health. Maybe he took them too late. Like, when did he know? Like, certain things like that are questions I really, really want to ask my father that I haven't really, because and those are the questions only he can answer. Like, there's certain things that I could ask my mom about or I can ask, uh, I met up with one of his college roommates when I visited Chicago a few years ago, and he talked to me about what my dad was like in college a little bit, so I got a little bit of understanding what he was like as a teenager and talking to my aunt, who 
um, is my dad's sister, just kind of getting a sense of who he was outside of just being my dad, just as a person. Because I think that's something that often gets lost, that you forget that your parents were people before they had you. They were just people. Uh, like your friends in college, like your friend, like your coworker, like they, they're all people. They're all re- relative to somebody else before they're your parents, before they became your parents. And I just, I've always wanted to ask him about like why, what he could have, he thinks he could have done differently, if anything. When did he know that he was struggling with his health? And I guess I've, that also brings me to my next point is like, I, I don't mean to get morbid or anything like that, but given my dad's passing, like it, it's always made me think like, what if I, and when I say always, I want to say I started having these thoughts like when I was 13 or 14, like what if I don't wake up tomorrow? Cause my dad, my dad um, passed away in his sleep from what I know he died peacefully. Um, I I don't know that that's what I was told as a kid. I've never really questioned it. And I really don't want to know if he didn't um, pass away peacefully. I just rather keep that memory of him passing away peacefully, even if it's, even if it was, even if he did suffer pain in his passing, I just rather just think that he passed away peacefully for my own sanity. So I guess that's also just part of it. And Going back to what I was saying before, I've just kind of had those thoughts like, what if I don't wake up tomorrow? What if I, what if something were to happen to me? And I I don't necessarily say that as something morbid as like, I wish that to happen to me, but as something as like, I use that as like a motivating factor, just like live today to its fullest because tomorrow is not promised. And I think that's something that everybody should have. And I think a lot of people do, or at least sometime or another they think about it like let me live this day to my fullest because tomorrow's not promised and that kind of mindset comes off comes all up a lot when like say kobe dies or like a celebrity or an icon passes then we all kind of have like this collective feeling of like let me live today let me make sure that i cherish today but like having had that experience as a young kid knowing that my dad went to sleep one night thinking that he was going to wake up the next day and he didn't I think about like what is what did he not get to do? What was he planning to do the next day? What did he plan to do in the next year, five years, ten years? How did I factor into that? How did my mom factor into that? How did my brother factor into that? How did all these things factor into each other? So I I, I think about that a lot. Just like again, not to be more, but I, I think about like what. What would people say about me if I didn't, if I, when I turned 60 and I didn't wake up on day 60 in 22 days? What if I didn't wake up that day? What would I want people to say? What would I want people to know about me? What can I do to live as long as I possibly can? What can I do to leave the best legacy that I possibly can? And those are kind of questions I think about a lot. So, and in a way, it kind of affects, it doesn't necessarily affect like me thinking long term, but it does, I guess I can't say it doesn't, or it does, like it, in a way it doesn't because I don't 
I don't think about dying. Like I don't think about those things. I don't think about passing away. I think about living a long life. I pray to God that I can have a long life. I pray to God that he watches over me and keeps me safe. I, I don't walk around thinking about death all the time. I don't, I don't like, even though I deal with depression and I deal with anxiety, I don't necessarily, I think I've, at least I'm mentally right now in a good place. And I think my depression also contributes to that in a sense that, that, that sometimes morbid thinking, I think depression does. Well, I know depression does, but specifically for me, I think it does have an effect on sometimes thinking, having those thoughts and it just causes me to reflect, like, what have I done? Like, what would people say about me? What would the memory of people have of me? Like, I that's, I sometimes, like, ask people that, like, what what is their best memory of me? Because what my best memory of them or my best memory with them may be something completely different. So, like, sometimes, I, get, I guess that's my next project, asking people what their favorite memory of me of me is there yeah there and it's it's sort of vain to ask that question but it's also it's it's ref, it's it's eye-opening for the people that I have asked and I, I encourage people to go out and do that because sometimes you'll forget moments to that you've had with other people or moments that they they associate with you with that you may forget and that may also help you place more importance on some of those memories that you may overlook or those experiences that you may overlook and take for granted because what may not be so important to you may mean the world to somebody else. And you should take pride in knowing that you shared in that moment that was so important with somebody else. For me, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if my dad um, necessarily always thought about it, but like, I always remember the night, like he took me and my brother to see Hardball. And then we went to go, I think it was McDonald's afterwards. And I, I'll, I'll never forget that night. Like I, I, I can still replay that night in my head. But that may have just been like another night for him. But for me, it meant everything. So that's why I encourage people to ask people like what their favorite memory is. Cause like, you don't know. And you don't know what people remember you by, but I always remember my dad for that. I always remember the trips to KB Toys. I always remember watching Mortal Kombat or the fact that he always watched Saturday Night Live. And I always, or like the little box that he had set up in his apartment uh, where I would, and I had that little orange basketball and I would shoot into that box because I was too short to shoot to the, um, like the hoop that they had like the hoop that you can hang from the back of the door. Like, I remember all of those things. I remember the little kitchen that led to his bedroom. I remember all of those things. I remember when he first moved out, and I remember, like, he he was still, like, finding someplace permanent. And I remember taking a bath in the bathtub, and I remember him being, like, I remember so many little things that he may not think of but mean the world to me. So I just say, I'll leave you with these two, three thoughts and these two questions that I wanna wanna have for my dad as it relates to this episode. These three thoughts are one, as I said before, please take pride in those memories that may not mean as much to you, but may mean the world to somebody else. 
The second thing is live every day to its fullest. That is very cliche to say, but it is very important as we've seen from Kobe Bryant to Pop Smoke to now this COVID-19 pandemic that's affecting everybody and everything. And I guess the third thing would would be to say is your parents' future does not necessarily have to be yours. I don't plan on passing away young. I don't plan on going away anytime soon. So I plan on doing everything I can to live a long, fulfilling life. And I guess the two questions I had would have for my dad when I asked already is like what when did he know about his health and what he felt like he could have done better, if anything, to take care of himself? And I guess the second question is what is his favorite memory that he had with me and my brother? So I guess those are the two questions I have. Three thoughts. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode eight, day nine of the Dear Charlie podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully in the morning, so we can start getting these episodes up. My goal is to get them up every day by 10 a.m. I want to push myself to do that. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We just hit the, I guess, the cumulative mark for 100 listeners, which is pretty good considering like I don't really promote this thing and I don't really share it around. It's kind of just something, like I said, it's a diary. So if people want to listen to it, people want to read it figuratively, then great. If you don't, maybe you want to listen to it or read it later. But for now, it's me. It's Ryan Shepard, episode eight, day nine. Thank you.